Hello everyone, welcome back to the last episode of the 10 day trip. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, I didn't post the, la- the last time uh, when, when the last episode was to come out because I was sick. But now we're back, not completely recovered, which I think you can tell from my voice. But recording this episode would be a bit tricky because I can't go without popping and uh, talking for a long time. Um, yes, this episode will be uh, a bit longer, much uh, longer than 4-5 minutes I mentioned the last time. Uh, but this is the last episode, I think, there are so there have been so many things that I have changed and evolved to get here. Uh, the writing, the audio quality, uh, the way I enunciate sentences, uh, and I hope this is the best episode so far, so just sit back and enjoy. Right, so if you remember where we left off last time, <coughs> we had to get to the Bandra Wardley ceiling. So now, we knew that we had to take a four-wheeler Uber to get across the ceiling, and I tried to get an Uber XL, basically, uh, so that everyone can fit in the same car. Uh, and I think it was probably cheaper than getting two cars. Um, so I think I added the location in Uber right after the exit of the ceiling. So basically, it's for the ride inside it, through it. So once the Uber came, we got in and left to the ceiling. Um, now, we were still thinking that the whole ride across would be around 30-40 minutes, as mentioned by one of the friends in the group. <clears throat> we were ill-informed. Uh, I'm really not sure why we hadn't bothered to check on Google Maps because it's a plain simple fact. I mean, we didn't pay much attention to it as well. We just assumed that you would be right. But anyhow, we were headed in the direction and we were excited to check this place out. So the ceiling was sort of an engineering marvel that was built. Uh, it's one of those unique things that was built across the country uh, and everyone had, had their eyes across it and it was like a special thing to go through it and then check it out. Uh, it was sort of the same effect like the Statue of Unity that was built even though it sort of had some bad marking. Uh, but this is similar. Uh, you basically pay a toll to go across uh, the city and not through it. Um, basically, a ring road approach, a general ring road approach that's, uh, that's followed in the cities, but uh, since Mumbai didn't have any land, they had to go through water. Now, once we reached in, I think the fare included the toll that was being paid in Uber. I think it was cleverly added in from Uber, like a one-off thing. and. Uh, once we entered, we were really surprised to see the massive structure. Uh, even being in the presence of it uh, through the tolls, you could see it. I think it was some sort of a four or six lane uh, <clears throat> roads that were built to carry people across uh, two parts of the city. Now, the, f- uh, the flowing beams and the structures holding up this magnificent stretch of road, uh, it was really pretty to look at. We took a lot of photos of it and also uh, the sea that you can actually see outside the window across the bridge was beautiful as well. Uh, surprisingly, I don't remember any any smog or smoke at that part of the sea. Probably it was that far away. Uh, soon, 
after all this merry we realized we were at the end of it it had hardly been 8 to 9 minutes <coughs> and now we realized that the fact that this was 30 to 40 minutes long was wrong we had a heated discussion about it uh, the, the about the nonsense that had gone down and while the uber driver parked us inside the road we asked him to wait because we had no idea what we were doing next once we realized uh, there was nothing exactly we could do about this and then also we didn't have any business across this side of the city uh, we decided uh, if we could uh, if we could go back in the same car we asked the driver that we, we could take the same car to the next destination and since i think the trip hadn't exactly ended he just said change the end location that uh, of the trip in uber in the uber app and then we can just move along in the same car it was actually a surprise to me i didn't know that such a thing existed <clears throat> since uh, i was the one who had booked the cab i just uh, i just found and uh, i found such a feature was available and i just moved the location to where we wanted to go next juhu beach so going to juhu beach was sort of a controversial decision in the group again uh, as usual two people were indifferent about this and then others were conflicting in this decision uh, and again this decision to go was my I, I argued that we had never been to a decent place so far and the beach would be sort of a nice place to go to and um, this beach was sort of also a famous landmark in Mumbai and we had to go there because the rest of the place we went to was basically random. <clears throat> um, I, had no, I, I had no idea about the whereabouts of the beach but I had in mind that we had to go there and we had already changed the location of the cab to this place. And, uh, Thankful to God that I was the one who had put the cab there. This was another 30 to 45 minutes away from where we were, and uh, after another inconsequential ride, we were at the location. So as soon as we reached uh, this place, it just sort of started drizzling with rain, and we thought it would be a pretty bad ending to the trip. <clears throat> I put up my hoodie on, and when people paid for the cab, and then we crossed the road, and we were on the beach. As soon as we entered the beach, the rain raining sort of stopped, which clearly had no effect for the millions of people you could see on the beach. Honestly, it looked like there was a carnival going on there with lots of people just sitting on the beach, uh, many people with carts selling food and the stuff, and some people closer to, closer to the water, dipping their feet, and uh, some almost completely inside the water. So the water was quite far away from where the beach started, and this is where most of the people were, <clears throat> the, the millions of people that I just mentioned. And right after the beach, there was a contrasting change of the road that was there, where again, there was a lot of traffic. <clears throat> as soon as I entered the beach, I was among this hustle and bustle, and it was sort of nice to witness this. Um, once we entered there, there was a layer of shops on the right side, assuming uh, water was on the left. Um, I'm sure that, um, uh, I'm not exactly sure what these shops sold, but they looked like sort of temporary settlements where people conducted business. We started walking along, witnessing this insane amount of people in the same place. Uh, not that any one of us had uh, not seen it or was or not used to it. We were all from India and this is sort of an unsurprising thing. Yet, yeah, this seemed different. And obviously, the place was littered with all sorts of things you can find and it was very dirty. Uh, all the ice cream wrappers, uh, other random things, food, 
uh, probably uh, a sandal here or there and so on so before we had uh, discussed that we could check out some of the homes of celebrities who lived on the bank of Juho Beach, at least at the store. So <clears throat> I knew for a fact that this was true, uh, even though I didn't know it was exactly on the bank or somewhere on the internals. But uh, so I had signed up for this as well when uh, one of the friends had mentioned this. But now, as usual, there was a conflict, and we decided to just stay on the beach and walk on it. To our surprise, as soon as we walked, like five minutes of the bank, the massive amount of people there suddenly ceased to exist. I mean, I'm guessing only the popular and most accessible spot uh, on the beach, which was right across the street, were the famous the locals. But we were enjoying the calmness now and uh, walking along the waters. So I uh, remember when we went close to the waters as well, uh, to, put the, so to sort of put things into context, the beach area was quite wide, maybe 100-150 meters long. I'm guessing the water has receded due to the lack of global warming we have in these days, or it was a low tide or something. Because when you, when we went uh, went close to the water, we saw the place which was quite dirty and with rocks we find on a uh, shallow seabed. Uh, I'm not sure how to describe this, but basically they looked like the coral reefs, uh, but not exactly. <clears throat> We didn't fancy being around the whole or bloody rocks there, uh, where you can barely find a place to put your uh, feet while walking. So we came back to the relatively clean, clean, albeit still dirty beach. I mean, it was cleaner than where we entered, uh, but it's sort of still dirty. Um, <clears throat> I had to refer to a long winding vlog that I made for this one here, but uh, what was happening now was there were rows of houses. Uh, as soon as we entered this less crowded area of the beach. I think there were some villas, uh, hotels and some other commercial places uh, for business. But <clears throat> we're just looking at them and walking along the beach, which had a nice breeze now. And uh, I remember enjoying the whole situation. We're just laughing, talking and uh, just thinking about other random things. We sort of got some time to be relaxed after running around and running around for something all the time. I mean, either this or that, I always get into the next spot. But we finally sort of had some nice time. So we also saw some uh, still under construction buildings, which means that this, the place was still uh, having some thriving architectural activities. Uh, basically, <clears throat> uh, what I mean is that the churn was still on and was in stagnant. We also had a funny moment when the newspaper pirate cap that one of our friends had made protect his head from the rain flew away when one of the others tried to pull it. And uh, we also saw a helicopter whiz by when we were discussing about how expensive the properties right on these beach were. I think some of us had guesses around 200 crores, but uh, looking at how big the properties were and some of the rates I've heard in Mumbai after that, that might be just uh, a fraction of what it was. Uh, soon we had found someone who was selling some chana and peanuts. So we stopped the seller and bought a couple of packets for ourselves. So I stayed uh, adamant on not buying more because I'd be sure that we wouldn't go, we wouldn't go to one of those nice street food places that I still thought we could make before we actually exited Mumbai. I mean, I think you people uh, would have understood by now that I would have rambled on about the 
this three four place of Mumbai. But uh, we still had exactly got to go to such a place at least. Uh, and then that's why I was saying I remember about this. But then we liked the peanut mix that we uh, that we bought, so we bought a couple more to go. Uh, we were still walking on the beach, not sure where we were going next at this point. But the next stop would be some food place that I was actually talking about before we get to the airport. So uh, after walking uh, some more, uh, looks like we knew where we wanted to go. Basically, I'm referring to the vlog. And then I uh, basically I asked the same friend who was in Mumbai and suggested the pizza by the way place. And he suggested the place near Juhu. I think I mentioned this. We would be specifically somewhere near Juhu and uh, near a place, uh, some street food place. And he had mentioned the place where we would find some nice vada pav. Uh, I think we ordered to Mumbai at this point of time to eat some nice street food. Or uh, Mumbai would be really angry at us. And we were finally going there. <clears throat> this place was called Muti Bai College. And it was basically a series of stalls in front of this college I mentioned. I think it was a bus stop as well. Um, of course, the conflict wasn't over yet. Uh, a couple of them had started a whole situation where they wanted to stay in the beach for some more time because they felt it wasn't enough and they couldn't eat uh, in some places that we could uh, see at the end of the beach. Basically, they were proposing that uh, you could see some stalls there in front of the beach and then they were saying, why not just eat there? So finally, the argument now was that we didn't have enough time to spend here and the college place was anyway near the airport. So we were fine uh, after the whole discussion, then we finally left. Um, there was more houses and commercial properties on the side of the beach, but we weren't bothering about them now. We were just more focused on getting the food and uh, other uh, random conversations that we actually kept having. We are walking towards an exit of the beach uh, that I mentioned, where there were some shops that I spoke about. Once we went close to these shops, even I wanted to eat there. Uh, <clears throat> they looked nice. Uh, now, the number of people there on the beach at this point of time had increased. As again, it was an exit to over the roads, as opposed to the continuous number of houses that was there on the side of the beach before. We saw a lot of people playing there. Uh, some people, again, on the beach mat sitting and having a picnic and uh, <clears throat> some kids with beach balls and some others playing beach cricket as well. It was actually nice to witness the people play beach cricket. The ball would go on the beach and it would just float and since it was sort of shallow, they would get it back and then resume playing again. <clears throat> now back to the shops. We saw Pavabaji, which we hadn't eaten at all in Mumbai so far, and we just went inside when a couple, couple of people started calling us in. So we just went in and uh, sat inside, not being aware that the prices there were actually reasonable, it being Mumbai and on the beach. So we looked at the prices and we thought it was really expensive and after exploring the, couple, uh, the menu a couple more times, we just exited the shop. Basically we weren't exactly aware of the prices there, and it just seemed expensive uh, compared to what we had in mind when <coughs> we exited the shop. This was probably the single most stupid move that we had uh, we had taken in all of Mumbai. <clears throat> uh, soon, from the exit road that I mentioned, uh, from 
the beach. We walked a little and found a couple of autos and told them our destination, the Meaty by College place, and then we just left. It was around 5.30 p.m. now, and then uh, I had my flight somewhere around 9 p.m. So basically, I was trying to get to the airport somewhere around 7 p.m., uh, a couple of hours before. Uh, which probably seems like an overkill, but it was sort of a good estimation, given that it was Christmas Day. Uh, and after some time, we reached the location in the autos. Uh, so, uh, so jumping to the future, the, the process in the airport was quite smooth, and it probably didn't need, need me going so early. But it's generally safe, so I had taken the sort of good decision, I guess. So once we reached the place, this this this, this place was basically a mini food street version, right across the college in question. Now, basically around five six stalls, he's serving a different set of things, uh, which is sort of right there, and which had a lot of people hovering around it. Uh, we gave a quick look across all the stalls and we saw multiple varieties of vada pav uh, in the first couple of places and uh, some sort of chart in the next few and then a million types of those in the last couple of places so we first had some vada pav in the first shop we didn't go bonkers at least i didn't i had just plain simple one i'm sure there were a million types of cheese and uh, butter vada pav there but i just chose this normal one it was decent i actually don't like vada pav mostly because of uh, it being sort of a dry sort of snack. But it was a nice one and then I enjoyed it. <clears throat> Soon, we were up in the dosa stalls to get something there. So, uh, I need to tell something about uh, my engineering to set some context here. So, when I was studying my engineering, we had something called night canteens there. Uh, Basically, the college had acknowledged that the students are going to be staying up late and thus had uh, canteens that run until sort of 3 in the morning, I think. So, but they start only uh, like 7 in the night. And they sort of deliver food with, uh, as well to whichever uh, hostel you're in. Um, it is clear that having acknowledged this, that we stay up late at night, they still have classes at 8 in the morning, but I'll leave that there. Now, in these canteens, there were actually several of them initially when I joined, but by the fourth year, the, the last year, there was basically uh, two or three left, and I only sort of prefer to eat in one place that I always wanted to go to. Anyway, so during my first couple of years, I was told about this uh, cheese, Szechuan, masala, dosa that was available in a decently sized menu of the night canteens. Uh, and, and it was sold, it was amazing. So I was introduced quite late to this, but when I had it, it was really good. Uh, there was something about these combination of cheese and the sauce that makes you want to eat it, um, at least sometimes. Anyway, with this flashback, when I actually saw the cheese sezwan masala dosa on the menu of this dosa place I was standing in front of, especially when I hadn't had this in the night canteen, uh, there were some wars between the canteen places, uh, getting the tender, and then this canteen that makes the this particular those are not being able to get it i was really missing it so all of this expecting it to be similar i mean it was like two ingredients uh, so how hard will it be we watched this happen i also shot a video uh because these types of dosas are definitely a fad among people however good or bad it may be my friend had ordered the mysore masala dosa and that also had started alongside basically their setup was 
having four dosa tawas, uh, which are always on, and then they cook and serve off uh, parallel of these. So the dosa purist in me and my friend obviously let out a sigh here when there was basically the pav bhaji's bhaji being made on the Mysore masala dosa tawa. There was tomatoes, some potato fillings, some onions, and then random uh, seasonings thrown onto it, and it started cooking. Oh, also there was a buttload of butter. <clears throat> I mean, he didn't expect this. That's why he was more disappointed than he actually would have been uh, expecting this. Uh, he, what he thought that Mysore Masala Dosa would be a simple plain, the potato filling and the normal Dosa served with chakti and sambal. And that's the, the side. <clears throat> anyway, um, at this point, we're also looking for pav bhaji in these places. And we thought it would be uh, there in one of these stalls because there were many. Uh, it was sort of Mumbai thing. Uh, everyone definitely wanted to try at least a little of the pav bhaji, even however full we were. Because Mumbai was again sort of famous for it. Soon we had our dosas, and I don't remember it being as good as in our, our night candy. Uh, that's sort of making a statement because the night candies aren't exactly always where food is cooked to be good. Um, which is there and you eat it because your other options aren't as good as this. So, of course, when once Swiggy Zomato started delivering from, uh, I can't stress this hard enough, marginally better places from outside the college, the night canteen sort of started to dwindle out. And the only reason you would actually order from the night canteen was that they were sort of cheaper than these players outside. Anyway, I digress. <clears throat> now, Couple others ordered some some sort of dosa. I don't remember. So one of the friends and I went to a nearby ATM to draw some cash, uh, just so that we have some cash while traveling back, uh, as we were soon leaving to the airport. Once we were back from withdrawing the cash, we were able to uh, we were back to the spot where the others were eating. Finally, the discussion of us uh, how we are leaving began. <clears throat> So the three of us had desired to leave right away to the lavish place. It was around 6.15, 6.30 now, and then we uh, could make the airport in a half hour according to Google Maps. So out of the three of us, uh, the two, me and the other guy, me and another guy, had flight somewhere around 9.30 p.m. The other guy out of the three had a 10 p.m. plus five, and yet had offered to come with us for reasons I'm not sure yet. Um, the other two, the other two had uh, like midnight flights, so they definitely didn't want to come, us, come with us for now. So this mismatch actually happened because, uh, if you remember, we didn't book the flight tickets like we did uh, the, the train tickets. Um, I booked the flights first at like 3.5k, uh, fearing that uh, the price would increase. Uh, the others did later on, the same day, for almost 5,000 and had later flights. So I want to think that I won that one there. Uh, anyway, since we didn't book the flight, flights at the same time, uh, they couldn't book in the same flight, flight as mine, and they had made later flights, and that's the mismatch. Now, the three of us left with an auto. We had clearly told him, uh, the, the auto driver, that we had our luggage on the outside of the airport somewhere, and we had to pick that up before we were taken to the airport. But it was going, it was not going to be uh, so simple again. If you remember, one of my friends had a flight in a different terminal, Terminal 2, where all the others had asked in Terminal 1. This is actually very strange indeed, 
because at that time Terminal 2 was sort of reserved for international uh, flights as I heard. Uh, it was just being opened, uh, probably that's why it was mixed. Anyway, I don't remember the picking up the luggage part of this, but I think we told uh, that the two others would be coming to pick up their luggage later, so we just took ours and we left it. So even though the Terminal 2 guy's flight was later than mine, we were dropping him first because it was uh, closer to the luggage place, uh, or on the way to the, second, uh, the first terminal. We entered Terminal 2 and soon dropped him and we were on our way to Terminal 1. Once we reached Terminal 1, I remember there was a small place for the autos to drop us off and we had to move to the entrance from there. <clears throat> as soon as we reached there, we were held for some random checking. The head of security told us that they, was, uh, they, they just randomly checked people. I was very surprised by this and confused as well. This was me traveling in a plane for the second or the third time and I was held. He quickly told that uh, there won't be any problems and uh, we wouldn't have to go through the long run of the entrance if we actually go through the security check. Uh, and it wasn't uh, optional. Uh, we had thought to ourselves, maybe we were too casual for an airport and we were being checked for that reason. But now that I think of it, maybe they have some quotas to have some random checks in and we, we just seem like we would have the least problems if they're actually read out it here and check. So let's just go for that. Uh, anyway, the security person was quite friendly and let us through. We had avoided the huge entrance line as well, so that's a plus, and we were in the clear now. <clears throat> now, we had to check ourselves into our flights. We found two kiosks that uh, do the job and quickly printed out the tickets and the tapes for our luggage. And once we handed over the, handed over the tape luggage to the necessary authorities, we finally went to the security clearance section. <clears throat> After removing everything from my carrier and putting it back again, we were in. So it was probably around 8 p.m. now and uh, we had found a random place to sit and we went there. Uh, apparently the guy with me was hungry now and had something to eat there inside the airport. Uh, I roamed for a little while and found that my gate was almost on the other end where we were sitting and it was almost about full. <clears throat> I said goodbye to my friend and I was on my way. Soon I boarded the flight and I was inside waiting for the plane to take off. I think I slept a little on the flight as it was close to midnight and I reached Bangalore somewhere around 1 a.m. What a journey I will do. Um, so that's basically my story, the story of the 10 day trip. Uh, <clears throat> after an amazing 20 episodes this had and probably months of working towards this. I'm really happy that I did this. Uh, it has been a way for me to <clears throat> churn my memories back. Uh, also leading to better linkages because of the podcast. Uh, I might not have a lot of friends who listen to it, but uh, <clears throat> It's been, it's been special when everyone just even mentioned that uh, they think that I doing a podcast is a nice thing. I have a couple of people who uh, have mentioned that and it is probably a thing that they want to do as well. This is all unscripted and just blabbing things out, but uh, uh, hey to listeners.
Anyway, uh, yeah, that has been it for now. So, I'm definitely coming back soon with uh, season 2 of uh, this whole series that I'm thinking about. I also have a couple of ideas about what I'll be doing uh, parallelly, maybe. Uh, maybe release one episode a month of something else that I'm thinking about. Uh, the season 2 would be basically the trip I did somewhere in September, October, uh, which was to Sikkim. <clears throat> it was, it has a good amount of material because it's mostly fresh in my mind. I have a lot of logs there. So stick around. There's some nice stuff coming. And thanks for listening so far. Bye-bye.